Welcome to the Beach Catholic Podcast with Father Brian Barr. In this episode, you'll have the opportunity to listen to the Gospel and Father Brian Barr's homily from this past Sunday. As always, keep an eye out for our Q&A and discussion episodes. Until then, here's the homily from June 25th, 2017, the 12th Sunday in Ordinary Time. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the twelve, Fear no one. Nothing is concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. What I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Aren't two sparrows sold for a small coin? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's knowledge. Even all the hairs of your head are counted. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Everyone who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my father. But whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my heavenly father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, a couple of months ago, I got this, uh, <clears throat> somebody in the parish gave me this, actually it was Katie, Katie gave it to me, this little uh, magazine. Uh, it was, you know, it's like a Time magazine, it was like a commemorative uh, edition. You see it a lot, <clears throat> stop and shop, and when you're checking out, uh, you know, on the line to buy, buy stuff, uh, you know, it'd be like special issues, you know, uh, There'll be one about, you know, the Beatles, or one about, uh, you know, JFK. They had one not too long ago, uh, his 100th birthday. Um, there was one, I think, after Prince died. And it's just kind of like a tribute edition, lots of pictures, a couple of articles. Anyway, the one that Katie gave me was, uh, it was kind of cool. It was, it didn't focus on any particular person. It was, uh, the, the topic or the theme of the whole issue was famous photos, Really, what they kind of thought were like the fam- most famous pictures <clears throat> ever taken. Um, different photographers over you know many years, many places. Uh, most of them, or at least a lot of them, uh, I had seen before. You, you definitely would have known um, that the Iwo Jima, the famous, the guys raising the, <coughs> the flag at Iwo Jima, that was there, and um, the moon landing. JFK, they had a couple of pictures of, you know, his presidency and then the assassination. Um, what else? Oh, the, uh, I guess this was the end of World War II, and I think it was Times Square, that famous picture of the, the sailor kissing uh, the nurse, um, kind of celebrating the end of the war, that, that was there. What was kind of neat about it was, I mean, again, we've seen these pictures a million times, but some of them I didn't really know much about other than seeing the image. So there's a little paragraph after each one kind of saying who took it, what was the context of it all, what was going on, which was kind of interesting. There was one that really kind of caught my eye. Um, and I had seen it before because I, I remember when this, this, this happened. It was in uh, China. It was in uh, Beijing at uh, Tiananmen Square. Some of you remember this. It was, I think it was 89. 
And uh, there were these protests, these student <clears throat> protests against the communist government. And uh, they've been going on for a couple, of, a couple of days. Lots of people, they say almost a million, ultimately almost a million people showed up over a couple of days to protest and push for basically more freedom, freedom of uh, speech, freedom of the press, economic freedoms. Um, and the communist government wanted nothing to do with it. Finally, they kind of squashed it. Uh, they declared martial law. They came, out, came in. Hundreds, at least hundreds were killed. Some say even more of these protesters, which is brutal. China was sort of condemned by the world for this sort of excessive response. Anyway, the day after that all happens, and again, you'll, if you'll, you'll remember this if you were around then, I think, uh, you still have people on the streets, and there's this scene where uh, the government has these tanks rolling down Tiananmen Square, I guess it is, like this main strip. There must have been 20 huge tanks in a row, and they were totally just flexing their muscles, basically saying, this is over, don't even think about doing this again. And out of the crowd runs this student, this Chinese student, one of the protesters. And actually, the video, the, there's a video of it. That's even more compelling than the, the still photo. And he runs out, and he, he runs in front of this first tank. So the tank stops. And it's just sort of like this crazy scene. You got giant tanks being stopped by this one guy. And then uh, if you watch the video, then the, it, uh, the tank kind of backs up a little bit and kind of like tries to go around him, so moves off over here to pass by him, and as the tank does that, well, the guy does that. And then the tank goes over here, and he kind of does one of these back and forth things, basically saying, I'm not going to let you pass. Eventually, he jumps up on the tank, and he starts, I think, talking to the people in the tank, and, well, eventually, somebody from the crowd, I think, comes by and got him and kind of pulled him, pulled him away. And they're not even sure what happened to this guy. There's a, a couple of different, I guess, theories. Some say he was executed. Uh, others say he was imprisoned. And then others say nothing happened, that they don't even know. He just went into the crowd and uh, wasn't caught or apprehended. Regardless of what happened to this guy, it was a, <clears throat> it was a pretty powerful image. Um, seems to me it was a, a great image of fearlessness. I mean, you're either pretty crazy to stand up to a tank, or I guess you're kind of fearless. Or maybe maybe both. But I think fearlessness has got to be part of the part of the equation. It's another cool picture. This one I hadn't seen. It was a 9-11 photo and it was of a fireman climbing the stairs of the, the second tower. The first one in, in this little paragraph said the first one had already fallen, and this guy's going into the second one after knowing that the first one had fallen. And you just kind of see him from a distance. You can't see his face, so we don't even know who it was. We don't know if he if he survived, but he was climbing into this nightmare to save others. Fearlessness seems to me. I remember watching, actually it was on, I was watching a little bit of this movie not too long ago. It was a, I don't know if you remember, uh, 
the Western uh, True Grit. John Wayne was in it. Uh, they made a sequel a couple of years ago. Well, uh, not a sequel. They uh, they redid it. But there was actually a sequel to the to the True Grit a couple of years after John Wayne made it. It wasn't very good at all. But he was in it, and Catherine Hepburn was in it, the actress, the old actress, and she plays this uh, missionary on this uh, Indian reserve of some kind. She's caring for the, the Native Americans and teaching them about Jesus. Anyway, these bad guys show up and they're going to come in and they're just going to like terrorize the place. Rob it of whatever they can. Trash it all. There's a bunch of them and there's Catherine Hepburn. Again, sort of like the guy in the tank. And she comes out. They're standing in this open area and she's there and she says, you can't do this. And they're laughing at her. And she won't move. She won't back down. She won't go away. She's uh, almost, you know, humiliating this bad guy, kind of the ringleader. He doesn't quite know what to do with her. So he says to her, I won't hesitate to shoot a man of the cloth. Don't think I won't shoot a woman. So don't provoke me, he says to her. And this is what she says to him, like without batting an eye. She says, I'm not afraid of you. I wear God's armor. I don't fear what man can do to me. So he takes out his gun and he starts shooting at her. Not shooting right around her. Shooting at her feet. She's not flinching. He's getting closer and closer with these bullets. Eventually he starts shooting like right past her ears. She starts to recite the uh, 23rd Psalm. And she stops this guy. She's fearless. She's the tank guy in Beijing. She's the fireman climbing that second tower. She's this gospel. They're all this gospel. All of those images, all those examples are people who I think who heard this gospel on some level and ran with it. Listen to what Jesus says. Fear no one. Don't be afraid of those who kill the body. Rather, fear the one who can destroy the soul. In other words, I think, it's this. Don't fear the tank. Don't fear the fire in the building. Don't fear the, the guy with the gun. Fear one thing. Fear failing God. Fear the prospect of disappointing God. Lose sleep over that. Stress out over the possibility that I might be betraying God. That's something we should fear. That's something we should be on guard about. So often we flip it. We're scared to death of stuff that we just, you know, we shouldn't really be stressing about. We shouldn't be worrying about. Things keep us up at night that shouldn't. And maybe the stuff that should often doesn't. And he's saying real clearly, one thing. There's only one fear that matters. There's only one fear that we should have. And it's not doing God's will. That's it. If we're doing His, His will, we should sleep easy. You know, I was at uh, Rockville Center yesterday at St. Agnes Cathedral for uh, five men were ordained priests.
And it was great. I mean, I love ordinations. Um, particularly was kind of excited about this one because uh, I knew all five of these guys. But, you know, before I was here at St. Mary's, I was the vocation director. So I knew all five of these guys. They all came in into the system while I was there. I <coughs> processed their, uh, their applications. So it was just kind of all the more personal and satisfying. Got me thinking about when I was in that job and some of the conversations I used to have with men who were thinking about the priesthood. Almost always. You know what it came down to? You know why they were hesitant? They were just afraid. It was almost always fear-driven. That's what kept them from signing on. In most cases, it kept, you know, eventually they decided it wasn't for them. And I think in some cases, they just they came to the realization that, I don't think this is what God wants of me. But in other cases, I think it was about fear. Conversations with guys whose parents wanted nothing to do with their son becoming a priest. So it was like, Father, I, I think I want to be a priest. I think God may be calling me to the priesthood, but I'm kind of afraid of disappointing my parents. Kind of afraid of, you know, maybe making them angry. I think I want to be a priest. I love the church. The prospect of serving people. The prospect of, like, mission and the gospel. Man, I love that, but I'm, I'm kind of afraid of what, what people will think. I'm kind of afraid what, of what my friends will think. I'm afraid they'll look at me differently. I remember that. I remember fearing that. Some guys let it determine their decision. It's like, I think I want to do this, but you know, i got a pretty good job right now, which I like. And if I step out of it to go in the seminary, I'm kind of afraid I may, what if it doesn't work out? I'm afraid there'll be lost years. I won't be able to make up that time. I'm afraid to take the step. Man, think about it. Like, I think fear, fear is big. And I'm not just talking about being a priest or not. I'm just talking about life. On so many levels, in so many ways, doesn't it control us? Or at least impact on us? Worry about what others think? Fearing that I won't have the life that I wanted? You know what my response to these guys eventually became? Not in my first year or two, but you know, maybe by three year, uh, the third year in the seminary, when I'd be hearing, yeah, I'm kind of afraid of what people will say. The people I work with, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous about what they'll say. I'd be like, you know what? Who cares what they think? Yeah, but my mother, she's not going to be too... You know what? I'd be like, you know what? No respect to, you know, with all due respect to mom, I don't really care what mom thinks. This isn't really about mom. And mom's opinion matters. No offense, moms. Your opinion matters. But, like, if your opinion is, opinion is kind of counter to God's, guess who we got to go with? It's like, this isn't about mom or dad. It's not about your friends. It's not about the career that you might be risking. It's about serving God. It's about doing God's will. What does God want? What does God think? And again, I'm not just talking about being a priest. I'm talking about all of us, our lives, every day. 
decisions we make, people we encounter, commitments we, we, we make. What does God think about all of those things? I think people of great faith, they factor God in all the time. Man, that's, that's the goal for me personally. I mean, I do, but I don't think I do it right away. I don't, think I, I don't think I put God at the top nearly as often as I should. I worry about other things. And this gospel is saying, don't do that. Don't fear anything but me. You know, we had the uh, graduation last week at Long Beach Catholic. The eighth graders graduated and I had the mass. And I was telling the kids about... Uh, this guy, he plays in the NHL. His name is a Mike Fisher. I'm not really a hockey guy. Um, but he plays for the, uh, the Nashville Predators. He's actually pretty good. He's, although he's married to uh, Carrie Underwood. So I think he's kind of more famous for that than he is even the hockey in a way. But uh, he's 37. And his career is kind of winding down. And he was in the Stanley Cup final just a couple of, I guess a couple of weeks ago, was it? And they, won they lost the last game, I guess. So he was being interviewed, and the question is, you know, should he pack it in? Should he call it quits? Or should he try one more season? He's the captain of the team, really respected guy. I mean, he's not the best guy in the NHL, but he's, he's solid. So should he stick around for a year, or should he, should he pack it in? And this is what he says. Believe me. Everyone wants to win in this game. No one probably more than me. But there's just other things to consider. At the end of the day, this is a game. It's an important part of my life, but it's not everything. And there are just other decisions and other people that are involved. So we'll take those into account. For me, it's faith, family, and then hockey in that order. For me, the biggest factor is prayer and figuring out what God wants. I love this guy. I don't even like hockey, but I, I love this guy. I think I'm going to become a Nashville Predator fan just because of... For me, the biggest factor is prayer and figuring out what God wants. That's the only factor, really. Playing hockey in the NHL was a dream of mine since I was young, and realizing this dream at 19 was an unbelievable experience for me. It's hard for me to describe how lucky I feel to be playing the game I love. But I've come to realize that playing in the NHL is only a small part of who I am, and not the part that defines me. For me, it's faith, family, and then hockey. I think that's what he's talking about in this gospel. When faith comes first, it's kind of the only thing we should fear. I might ask you tonight, you know, here's a question to consider. What are the things you fear? What are the things that sort of keep you up at night, maybe? Or at least stress you out? Are they worth it? I mean, maybe they are. 
I'm not saying we should walk around like, you know, non-emotional zombies who have no worries. It's like, man, I'm so afraid of losing my job. So I'm willing to ignore unethical stuff at work. I keep my mouth shut way more, more often than I should. Stuff happens at work that's just not right. And somebody should be saying something. But I'm afraid. I'm afraid that I might lose my job. So I keep my trap shut. I'm afraid I might lose this person. This person in my life. So I adjust. I adjust my personality. I, I rethink my values. I compromise stuff. Because I'm afraid if I don't, I may lose him or her. That's what scares me more than anything. The prospect of losing this person. The prospect of being alone. So these fears just... Man, here. They're in the driver's seat. Way more than they should be. It's like fear one thing. Fear betraying me. Fear failing God. That's all that matters. You know, the, I was telling you about the ordination. It was so cool just seeing these guys where I, I was seated kind of pretty up close and just looking at how happy these guys were. They were like, just the look in their faces, like they couldn't have been more psyched, more happy. I think I know why. Because in their own way, they stared down the tank. In their own way, they said, you know what, I, I'm not worried about what other people think. I just got to do what God wants. And they were doing it. And they were smiling. And the moral of that story is simple. I think when we do what God wants, we smile a lot. These guys have, you know, stared down a culture which thinks our values are a joke which thinks that the church is no more than a, an old museum and that the priesthood is like, you got to be kidding. I know all five of them. They're like, I know what they had to deal with. Four of the five are in their 20s. Not long out of college. Living in this culture and saying, yeah, this is what, I think I'm going to do this with my life. That's to, be, that's to be admired. And I think emulated. The culture fears everything but God. Everything but God. And we're saying, no, no. Just fear God. Because when we do that, life is good. And life is right. And we discover the life he meant for us.
Thank you for listening to this week's homily. Once again, keep an eye out for our discussion and our Q&A episodes. Don't forget, if you've got a question for Father Brian, you can send an email to beachcatholicpodcast at gmail.com or you can connect with us at facebook.com slash beachcatholicpodcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast by downloading the iTunes app for iPhones and the Stitcher app for all other devices. And as always, please share with your loved ones. We'll be back next week, and until then, God bless.